I'm just making some notes on the, some of the salient features of this uh, presentation, which Buddha gave apparently after the Sangha had gathered for a particularly long three-month intensive at Sawati, uh, which was the big gathering place in those days, the spirit rock of India. <laughs> Or the great Arahants gathered, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so after the three months, he said, "You've done really well. So I'll stick around for another month and special treat. I'll give you my favourite uh, meditation because I think you're ready for it." So it's clearly, it was, they'd done quite a lot of preparatory work, um, and then he presented this in the Kamudi month, which is the month of the full moon or Katika month with the Kamudi moon which is uh, time in the roughly November in our calendar mm. Uh, mm. I just notice what, what the Buddha seems to have left out um, and to, so tonight I just think I mentioned he left out one point at attention and um, if you try to find that that very uh, expression in the suttas you might spend quite a long time trying to find it um, you'll find a term called ekagata which means uh, one thing is chief one thing is to the fore mm-hmm. the word attention manasikara is never by itself associated with anything uh, in necessarily skillful. It's just the fact that we have attention. Um, the only kind of attention that is uh, favoured and frequently favoured is called yoniso manisikara, skillful, appropriate intention, attention, which is a certain inquiring quality, like how is this, how is this, how is this, check it out, check it out. So it's a very much a relational touching in with, probing in. So it's slightly active. It's dynamic. It it digs in. So what we don't have is attention that acts like a thumbtack pinning something down. You you don't find it in this. And so mm, what you do find is quality sati mindful one is bearing in mind one is and though there perhaps there are many uh, deeply considered books on what mindfulness is uh, what is mind what is the mind that we're full of what does this really refer to mindful is an English word Um, sati that which enables one to remember things is the root. So it's the ability to you know, delve into one's memory, one's perceptual capacity, one's intelligence, uh, and stay on topic. This is what I'm supposed to be with, it's breathing in and out. Mm. This is the theme I'm with, breathing. How does breathing in and out how is that experienced? So I, I generally would 
offer the image of mindfulness to be more like a, a loop or a net than a pin. Something you can just hold something, carry something within it. And that could be a little minnow or it could be a whale. And you can widen that net. But so how, well, how, what do you have to do to be aware of breathing in and out, directly aware? Mm. Um, so this quality then is this is the one pointed means one has one theme that one is preoccupied with one kind of intention which is to be with this process that is one's intention other intentions are put aside so you might say it's a one pointedness of intention rather than a one-pointed attention. And what does it take to discern what breathing is? Well, one thing is readily discerned is there's a rhythmic quality to it. And this is iterated constantly through this refrain. So what is it that's rhythmically rising? forming and dissolving. It's life force. And if we uh, revisit the very term pāna and you connect it to prāna, the yogic tradition, this is generally understood to be uh, a life energy that flows along with the breathing, but is not limited to the respiratory tract, but flows through the entire body. So the entire body knows, senses, is vitalized every time we breathe in. And it's discharges and empties every time we breathe out. And that's an energetic process. That's what we mean by energy. It's just something tidal. And you feel the brightening and you feel the cooling, discharging. That certainly a deep listening, embodied listening is needed. And I would suggest that if one, depending on how you use the words, if one's attention is too tight, you'll find it actually inhibits the flow of breathing. Um, you t- tense up. As you'll recognize, what the Buddha did include in this is the understanding that something we might take very much as a matter of physical physiognomy, you know, breathing, so, has 
effects on the mind. So that isn't even explained, it's just taken for granted that that's of course the case. And so we might say the the bodily energy has an effect on the mental energy or you might say the emotion, the general state of mind where the mind is uh, tense or relaxed or bright or sluggish then this quality of breathing will affect it. And if in this way it affects the emotional tone in that this process is seen as conducive to calming, soothing, cooling, brightening, gladdening. Mm. These are the terms that are referred to. Mm. So if we are... Uh, Bearing this in mind, then we are really aware, sensitive to something that's got a, a certainly a physical basis to it, a physiological aspect to it, an energetic aspect to it, perhaps even an emotional aspect to it. Like we feel inspired. That's that's a breathing. Met- that's a metaphor, isn't it? Of breathing. Yeah, we're gladdened. Uh, so just. Uh, bearing this in mind to really get a sense of what is pana and what is the quality that is necessary to sustain mindfulness of that process. So let's take some time, we'll have uh, half an hour sitting. <laughs> 